But God knows what we will never know until the time comes, and that is He knows the future. And God can prepare us individually and collectively to walk into the future in His perfect will and His perfect plan, and when we do, we'll see the great results that God has promised for us. So what is God's plan for you? It may not be the same as for everybody else, but God does have a plan for you. God never gives anyone an assignment that he does not prepare them to fulfill. In other words, God is never going to ask you to do something that you cannot do. He may ask you to do something that you can only do in his power. Something you can only do in his strength and not your own. He may ask you to do something that you do not believe is possible for you. But it is when God asks you to do it because he will never give you an assignment without equipping you to fulfill that assignment. That's God's plan. There are people who say, well, God's been dealing with me. I think God's been, well, maybe God's been dealing with me about something. I really, Pastor, I've heard this so many times. Pastor, I believe God's been dealing with me about finding the right mate. Giving more to the kingdom. Spending more time in... How many of you feel like God's ever led you to spend more time in prayer? Yeah, everybody here, really, if you raise your hand and tell the truth, he's, he's, every one of you that felt like you need to pray more. I can go up to almost anybody and say, this is not prophecy, this is just understanding discernment. I can go up to almost anybody and say, I, know, I feel like God's been leading you to pray more. You said, oh, Pastor, that's right. He has. Sure he has. <laughs> and I think that God's leading you to do a lot of other things that you may not really want to do. He's asked me to do things I didn't want to do. In fact, he, a couple of times or more, he's not only asked me to do it, he's told me to. A little bit of difference there. God's told me that several times. Now, I didn't have to do what God told me to do. But I had learned this, and I learned it a long time ago. If I will do what God tells me to do, I'll be doing the right thing. It may not be something I like to do. I could tell you a couple of stories how God's told me to do things that I, I didn't really want to do. But when I did them and persevered through them, it wasn't a joy while I was doing it. But when I got to the end and saw God's purpose and God fulfilled his purpose, I realized it was the best thing for me that could have ever happened. I was at a ministry one time. It was a television ministry, I'll tell you. At a television station that I was responsible for and concerned about. I had long believed that God wanted me to be in a television station. I did. I still believe that he did. And so I got there, and it was my dream. I've told you this. It was my dream to be at that television station. I was a pastor of a little church, and the church was growing and doing well. But I, I could never get satisfied in that church. I believed God wanted me to be in the television station. Either he, let, either he let me have my way or he had his way, which one it was. And I, I, I said that was my dream, and after I'd been there for a while, I woke up and found out my dream was a nightmare. And I wanted to get out of there. I mean, I have never wanted to get out. Well, maybe I have wanted to get out of 
some other places as much, but as much as any place I've ever been, I wanted to get out of there. Of all the places I wanted to get out of, that was ranking up at the top with whatever else I wanted to get out of as fast as I could. I wanted to get out of there and get away. And then I got very sick and I went through a great sickness. That didn't help me any when I got through. I felt even more like I wanted to get away. And God would not release me. I couldn't find a church that would have me. I didn't have any other ministry that wanted me. I talked to all my friends that knew me for years and thought they might help me find a place. They said, well, we just don't know any place that you would fit. I could not get away from I could have quit and just walked away. I didn't want to wait, walk away completely away from God's plan and God's will, so I just kept hanging on. And finally, one day, I went before the Lord. I, I never remembered. I, I, I knelt down in a family room, got before a sofa. Nobody else was there, and I cried out to God, and I bawled and squalled, and I hollered out to God, Please, God, get me out of here. And the Lord didn't say one thing about moving me, but he did say, I want you to stay until I'm ready to move you. <sighs> Not what I wanted to hear. But I said, all right, Lord, I know you're speaking to me, and I will do what you're telling me to do. I will stay. But I'm going to put this thing in your hands because I don't want it anymore. I'm going to turn it over to you. Anybody that wants to be on television to preach the gospel, I'll put them on if you'll make it possible. And God started blessing and started doing things, and good things started to happen. I still didn't want to stay, but good things did start to happen. And finally, jump to the conclusion I finally came to the place that I was just, this was, it was, it was from this ministry that I was in that I retired. And then, of course, I wound up not being retired, I wound up being here. Uh, so, so, just, God just really blessed them, and, and really, I was favored, I was favored and blessed beyond anything I'd ever experienced or had in my life. Just wonderful things happened that God did, and I knew it was all God, it was a miracle of God. But that would not have happened if I hadn't stayed where I didn't want to stay. Because I realized when God spoke to me, I was where he wanted me to be, and I was in the very middle of God's will and in God's plan and fighting every way I could to get out of it. But when God made that clear to me and caused me to know it and understand it, I made a complete commitment to him and said, Lord, I'll stay as long as you want me to stay as long as I need to stay. If you'll just take it over, I'll be your person, but you take it over and you run it. And that's what God started doing and finally did it all in his purpose and in his will. So I am telling you today that God never gives you an assignment that he doesn't equip you to handle. You may not like the way you get equipped to handle. You may not like what the plan is. But if you will take God's purpose and walk in God's plan, walk in God's purpose, the end of it will be better for you than anything you could have planned for yourself. There's a great, there's a great testimony to exactly what I'm preaching to you in the Bible. It's in Judges chapter 6 and 7. A man, God was looking for a man. He sent an angel to a certain man. An angel walked into the place where this man was working. He said, Hail, thou mighty man of valor. And the man was standing there, turned around, looked at him, and said, Who are you talking to? That, that's not me. I can't be a mighty man of valor. I'm one of the weakest men in the tribe. My tribe is one of the smallest and insignificant that there is in all the land. You can't be talking to me. He said, Oh, yes, I am, Gideon. 
Gideon, I've come to you. And it went through a while, though, and so then Gideon, think, well, maybe this is the Lord. So he got out a little offering for the man to make him feel good. He brought the offering out, or the, the food he prepared. He put it on a little table altar. And as he stood there, that angel reached out a rod that was in his hand and touched it and consumed it in fire instantly. And Gideon looked and said, oh, maybe something is happening here. And then the angel told him to go out and tear down the statue of Baal that was in their, in their village. And this was anathema to everybody there. Baal was the god Israel was worshiping. But by night, Gideon took some of his men and went out and they tore that down. And the next day, people came wanting to kill him because they found out he was the one who pulled down the statue. The Lord protected him. And then God said to him, I want you to lead the battle against the Midianites who have come and camped against my people. 135,000 Midianites and Amalekites were in the valley of Jezreel. They had come to overrun the people of Israel and take all their crops and all their animals and everything else. And God said to Gideon, I want you to be the one who leads our victory against him. And again, again Gideon couldn't believe it. But, but he, he agreed to listen to the Lord. So he, he decided he was going to find out for sure if it was God's will. So he said, Lord, I'm going to put a fleece out, a piece of lambskin out before you. And if this fleece is dry in the morning and all around the ground is wet, I'll know that it's you. He got up the next morning, the fleece was dry and the ground was wet. But he said, well, I might need to double check this. <laughs> I know you've never done that, nor have I, of course. But he said, I'll make the double check this. He said, tomorrow, if the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, I'll know it's you, Lord. Next morning, you got up, the fleece was wet, the ground was dry. It must, it must be you, Lord. And so then God said, to him, well, if you're really afraid, let me give you another assurance. Go down to the camp of the enemy. That was enough in itself. You go down to the camp of the enemy and listen to what they're saying. So he slipped down that night with a servant who went with him. They were outside the edges of the camp, and they heard the sentries of the Midianites camp talking to each other. One of them told about a dream, and the other said, oh, that dream means that, that Gideon and the people of Israel are going to come and over, overflow us and, and conquer us. And how did he even know about that, this man of the Midianites? But he had heard something somewhere or something had been planted in him, but Gideon heard him say that. And so that encouraged him. So he went back and said, well, this must be God. So God told him to round up an army, and he called for all the people of Israel, all the men of Israel who could not even be considered remotely be a warrior, come and meet with me on this day. And they all came, and 32,000 of them showed up, looked like a great victory. But then they went down and checked, checked the camp of the Midianites again, and they still had 135 people down there camped in the valley. So it's four to one. Gideon said, this is not workable. But God said, well, let me develop the plan a little further. Maybe this will help you. You got some people here that aren't, should, should be here anyway. They're afraid. They're, they're nervous. They'll be more harm to you than good. Just tell everybody that's nervous and afraid and doesn't want to be here to go home. And that's Gideon told them that. Guess what? 22,000 of them left. We had a church split right on his hands like they didn't even know it. 22,000 of them gone. There's only 10,000 left. I guess Gideon said, well, might as well go against 135,000 with 10 as it was as with 32. We're going to be killed anyway. God said, well, let me help you a little bit more, Gideon. I'll straighten this out, get the whole plan in shape for you. 
I want you to take all these people down because you really still got too many people. They're all in the way. Go down to the brook and drink, and, and those that drink with alertness, so they're looking around making sure what's happening, those, those you take, those that just guzzle the water and bury down into it, won't notice what's going on. Just let them go. And so he let them go. And that was 9,700 of them that left again. He only had 300 people left. And God said, well, this is the people that you're going to use to defeat the Midianites. How'd you like to be in that place? I'll tell you something. God has come up with a lot of plans that I didn't like when I heard them. Didn't like when he talked to me about them. I told you this kind of, I said it in kind of a different way, but I really and truly, I didn't think much of his plan when he put me here. Uh, <laughs> I've told you that I prayed for two and a half years, and I've been earnest to pray, sought God for his plan, for his purpose, his will. Show me, Lord, what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And then I wound up in Orange Park. And it wasn't what we are now. It was, you know, it was about these first two pews right here. It's the whole, the whole thing. And, and, but God put me there. And I accepted that assignment from God, and I rejoice every day now that I did. I've been rejoicing in this a long time, that God had a plan, and I was a part of it. Hallelujah. So God said, now, I'm not going to just let you take these men, go down there with their swords, and run into the 135,000 million and start swinging your sword. I've got a better plan. Listen to this. So he said, Gideon did this. Take all of your men and give them a an urn, a pitcher that will hold a torch and put a big bright torch in that pitcher so it can't be seen. And then give them a trumpet, each one. And then divide them into into groups of a of hundred each. Gideon did say, he told him, when you, he said, when you get the signal from me, now this is what God had told him to do, when you get the signal from me and you're out there on the hillsides around the valley, when you hear that signal, you're to break this jar, this vase, and let the torch shine through. And at the same time, you're to blow your trumpet as loudly as you can blow it. You don't have to be musical. Just blow the trumpet. And then you shout out, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So when the time came, they were all in place, and Gideon gave the signal, and that's exactly what they did. They let the torches shine as they broke the jars. They blew the trumpets. And they shouted out. And in those hills, with all those echoes and reverberations around, it must have sounded like thousands and thousands of soldiers had come upon the Midianites, and they looked at each other and got afraid. They started to run. They were all trying to run away. They were running in different directions, running into each other. They began thinking that the other soldiers had come upon them in the middle of the night. They began to swing their swords at whoever was there. They killed each other right and left all over the place. And finally, most of them were killed. This is the first instance of psychological warfare that God planned. This was better than the College of War, better than the chiefs, chiefs of staff could put together. This is a plan that where 300 men routed an army of 135,000 Midianites and Amalekites. And they started to run. They started to run. They started to run. A thousand was put in, ten were putting a thousand to flight. A thousand putting ten thousand to flight. I forgot how that goes, something like that. Thousands and thousands were running because of 300 men who listened to God and God's leader. And when you listen to God, you listen to God's leader, you follow God's plan. It doesn't matter how foolish it seems today. It all seems wonderful when it comes to the end, and God's plan proves to be the right plan. 
That's when it was glorious. That's when there's rejoicing. That's when there's praising to God. When we realize what I thought was the best plan wasn't the best plan at all. And it turns out that God's plan is the right plan. God's plan is the perfect plan. God's plan is the victory plan. God's plan is always the best possible plan. And so I say to you again, God never gives you an assignment that he doesn't prepare you to fulfill. God never sends you anywhere that he hasn't prepared the way for you and given you an ability to walk that path of God. God is not a God of confusion. Neither is he a God of uncertainty. Neither is he a God of questions. God is a God of statements. God is a God of clarity. God is a God of certainty. God is a God who knows what he's doing. And he knows better what, what is better for your life than you know yourself. He knows better for your, what is better for your life than you yourself know. Everybody ought to be saying amen to that. <laughs> Even if you're not real sure of it. Sometimes it sounds really good to say something, but I'm not sure I want to walk it out, Lord. That's where I've been put right in a place that I didn't particularly want to be more than one time. Not really where I wanted to be. But in the ultimate plan of God, when God brought it all to pass, and I saw what the fulfillment was, not when I was standing there with those 300 men having to go against the army and multiplied, 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 many times over what we were, not while I was in that shape, not when I was Gideon standing there having to take that 300-man army and go battle and multiply thousands of the Midianites. That's not when I felt good about it. And that's not when you'll feel good about it. But when you'll feel good about the plan of God is when you know you followed God's plan. You know you've done what God told you to do. And all of a sudden you get down that what seems impossible happens. The miraculous comes to pass. And the 135,000 are raging against you, ready to kill you and slay you and attack you and put you in the ground, finds out they're routed by the army of God, no matter what it looks like, no matter how small it is, that God's army always prevails against any enemy army. He always wins. When you're in God's plan, you win too. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I preached one of the best sermons I've ever preached in just 25 minutes. When, when the Lord shouts out, and he has, he has, he has many times, the record of the scripture, many times, God said, who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? And I'm going to tell you, my friend, it's better to be on the Lord's side with 300 than it is to be on the enemy side with 135,000. It's always better to be on the Lord's side. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because the Lord is the one who answers by fire and proves that he is God. The Lord is the one who breaks the rain when it's been a drought for three and a half years and proves that he is God. The Lord is the one who sends 300 against 135,000 and they win the battle because of God's perfect plan to do it. That's when you're glad you're on the Lord's side. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's where we want to be. Isn't that where you want to be? I want to be on the Lord's side. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
only way to really be glad and happy on the Lord's side is when you trust, because when you know when the plan comes best. Well, there's nothing like a good plan when it starts to work. There's nothing like a good plan you get right to the end of it. You're so close you can see the victory and you know it's right there in front of you. There's nothing like a good plan like that. And that's the way God's plan always is. You may not know when you're walking into it, but as you walk it out, as you get close to the end and right on the verge of victory, you begin to see, wow, this is better than I ever thought it could be. This is better than I ever imagined it could be. Because God's plan is always the best plan. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I didn't read anything from the scripture. I could have read all of chapter 6 and chapter 7. But I tell you where it is. What I've told about Gideon is right there. All this in the Bible. And I abbreviated and, and, and structured it to make it fit the time. But I've told you that story. And, and, and there are many other times when you see God's plan working out. Now, if you can imagine, the right end of his ministry, Jesus is talking to a few people, maybe a few hundred people. If this was said at the time of his ascension, which probably it was, I believe that was the time when he appeared to 500 after his resurrection, as I've said many times. And God said to them, notably to the 11 apostles, because one of them had already been a traitor and left, so notably to the 11 apostles, but to those believers, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he said, this is what makes it worthwhile. Because that was impossible. That was impossible. The world wasn't even what we know it to be today. But for the, all those people to go to all the world to preach the gospel to everybody, it's impossible. And then Jesus said, this is, what makes the, this is what makes the promise real. And lo, and behold, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. That's what makes the plan of God perfect. That's what makes it victorious. victorious. That what, that's what makes the plan of God always ideal. It's the only way to live because God's plan is always the best plan. And God has made that possible. We are today, still today, reaching all the world with the gospel. You heard a missionary here. There are thousands of missionaries, multiplied thousands of missionaries all over the world. Many of them have got missionaries. Many others as well. And all over the world, that which God has done is being taught and preached and believed to the point that now it is said that there are as many as 600 million Pentecostals in the world, people who believe in the salvation of the Lord and in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's incomparable what God has done, but it's because those people took his plan and said, we will. And they started out where they were. And as they started out where they were in advance, they began to preach the gospel to more and more and more people. That's what God's called us to do. And he hasn't just called us to do it. He's equipped us to do it. That's why he's filled us with the Holy Spirit. That's why he's given us his power. That's why he's given us faith. That's why he's given us the desire to accomplish. Because God has given every one of his children an assignment. And God never gives you an assignment without making it possible for you to do it. 
trains you and shows you what to do to fill his assignment. All you have to do is accept his call, accept the assignment, and God is ready to take you on to victory. You believe it? Hallelujah. Stand with me if you believe it. Glory to God. I know I do. I've lived it out. I'm still living it out today.